welcome back to the Doxology Podcast. I'm Lucas Stock. And I am Jens Nelson. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life as we strive for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. I know, depending on who you are, it might not seem like it's been a while, but it feels like it's been a while because we were just chit-chatting before hitting record, and we have not actually sat down to record a new episode since Easter, (laughs) which is close to a month, which is, I believe, the longest streak of not recording (laughs) something new that we have ever had in three plus years. So happy to be back. Um, And we do, along those same lines with just the craziness of life and, and the way that it's been in for both of us in in our own separate sort of spheres. It's sort of at the same time become crunch time recently for for both of us in a lot of ways. So we do have some updates that we will instead of boring you with now, we'll bore you all with at the end. So if you care to listen for updates in terms of what you can expect from us in the coming weeks and months, um, stick around to the end or skip to the end if you really care about the status of the podcast, but don't care about the content. You can just skip over to, to the last couple minutes or so while we when we give our updates. But before we get into the boring administrative uh, bureaucratic stuff, we do have an actual topic to discuss today. Um, one that we have discussed discussing for quite a long time, I think even on air. Yep. Um, and, and we can even pinpoint... I, I meant to do this before we hit record, but I forgot to. But with with a, with a couple quick Google searches, we could even pinpoint the day that we started having this conversation <laughs> because it was tied to a real world event yeah. <laughs> that began uh, months ago, <laughs> and and sort of spurred us to to talk about this or or think about talking about this topic. And we're finally um, sitting down to do it, and it's something that I'm really excited about talking about. Um, for uh, we'll see how the conversation goes, but I'm sure it'll become apparent uh, sort of what my own interest is and what I think the relevance is for talking about these kinds of things and the questions connected with it. Um, so what are we talking about? I want to kick it to you, kind of introduce, you know, kind of where where your head's at with what you think this conversation, what, what you want this conversation to be all about. Yeah, well, this, this conversation is going to be, generally speaking, about revival, and where this comes up on our feed, if you're if you've been around for any significant amount of time, um, it's come up in two places. But most recently, um, several months ago now, February twenty first was when we uploaded the episode titled "Thoughts on the Asbury Revival." Um, so that was what initially, I guess, spurred the 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 conversation here we i had done a solo episode lucas was gone so i talked about the asbury revival some of my thoughts things to think about as it was going on and the the plan originally had been like yeah let's talk about revival generally like let's you know we've already talked about asbury so let's just talk about this idea of revival as it does relate to asbury but as it relates perhaps historically to other revivals which then brings me to to number two um uh a long time ago, I can't find the episode, I don't even remember when, but we talked about the Azusa Street Revival, um, which was a, another very particular type of revival at a different time, in a different place, but still a revival. Um, so this has come up from time to time, I guess you could say, on the podcast, and I'm sure other revivals have uh, come up as well. Um, but those are the, the two main instigators to this idea, and so we figured, like, 
especially in light of things like Asbury, because that's much fresher, more recent, um, you know, at the forefront of our minds. And so when I personally think about revival, I'm, I'm often hesitant at the, at the outset, um, especially in our world of like social media and getting clicks and uh, garnering attention. I am very pessimistic in, in my view of a lot of things. And so when I see something like the Asbury revival, one of my gut, you know, reactions, my initial instincts was to be like, eh, like, I don't know, it feels kind of manufactured. But the more that I listened, the more that I watched, the more that people involved, like students and staff, like shared what was happening. It's like, well, either they're flat out lying or something real was happening here. Um, obviously, like, again, in our social media world, it's, the draw like it, it's easy to see and so people flock to it so it became a bigger thing but i think the initial happenings the the initial uh actual moments of revival were true were real were genuine and then it becomes like a you know an attraction a um a thing for people to come see and so it loses some of its its special qualities i guess you could say but the same things have happened to different degrees to other revivals. Even the Azusa Street revival was published in papers and I'm sure shared by word of mouth. And so it, you know, it, it garnered attention in that way. So people showed up. Um, but I'll kick it to you. This idea of revival, what are, what are your thoughts? So when these things happen, uh, you know, Azusa Street, Asbury, others, um, do, should we take it seriously? Is, is it a working of the spirit? Um, is it something that's temporary? Is it something like wh what is it? Or you think of things like the Great Awakening, for example, a much larger, um, you know, much more wide sweeping revival, one could say. Uh, what 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 are your thoughts? Yeah, it's interesting too. like to, to ask before this before I, I answer your question, I do want to sort of back up slightly somewhat unrelated, like more more of like a big a big sort of picture question, but like defining revival. Cause like I have friends who, who grew up in traditions where there, there would be like, if somebody said like, Oh, next, next weekend, we're going to have a revival. Like that was a meaningful sentence. And what that meant was something different than, um, Jonathan Edwards years after the fact, interviewing people and reflecting back on a period of, conversion and confession and repentance and sanctification and spiritual growth that happened in a community amongst a group of people. And both of those things tend to be called revivals, just just different people, you, you know, not, not all uh, Protestant Christian traditions take part in or, or really think about much consciously both of those kinds of things. So to have like a, a, a like dedicated, like a, like a tent revival, right? Like, like a, a meeting, almost like a conference, we might say in, in our more, more modern terms, like where churches in the area are coming together for preaching and prayer and um, a time of, of fellowship and worship, right? Like that for, for the purpose of evangelism and outreach and, and growth and, and uh, a you know recommitment to to Christ, all like all those kinds of things that that could be could be associated and wrapped up in an event like a tent revival. Like in that sense, 
a revival is is a is a name for a particular ministry or church based event with that that has sort of the goal of spiritual renewal growth and outreach and and that that can kind of all be bundled up in the title revival right and then revival in the in the less concrete sense where we talk about the Azusa Street revival where it's after the fact we can look back or you know or the great awakenings or whatever you know after the fact we can look back and we can say oh at such and such a time from this date to this date you know something was going on at this place that was the result of the spirits working in people for repentance and evangelism and uh, worship and all, all these kinds of things. And so we can look at, you know, from whatever date to whatever date at that church on, on Azusa Street in LA, the Azusa Street revival and, and like as and then and then use that as a historical marker for things that came out of as, as a result of that movement of the spirit, movement amongst God's people, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. And it's like, in the one in the one sense, it's like a tent revival. Like, like there's not really much to say. Like, I mean, do I believe in revival? Sure, people have tent revivals all the time. <laughs> but like, in terms of like um, using it in this more abstract or or not abstract, but like a less specific way, a more general sense of the term when we say things like we're describing what the great awakenings were or describing what happened at Asbury earlier this year, like that sense, I, I agree and share sort of a, a gut reaction of, of sort of skepticism or caution, not so much in terms of like, what, you know, what are the people who are there experiencing in the sense of like, Oh, a bunch of people got together and had a very um, emotionally significant, moving worship experience, and they're they're calling it revival, and and nothing happened, right? Not really that so much as like in our world the response to it, and the problem is that we live in a in a world with digital media, with the internet and social media. And so I can think, even though I've never experienced anything even remotely close to this, I can think of like video clips I've seen of like gold confetti sprinkling down at the Bethel sanctuary from that thing, whenever, whatever that was, whenever that was right. And, and people who are, who are involved in it or attached to it or adjacent to things like that, using the using language of revival renewal um outpouring of the spirit anointing of the spirit like all these things that are that are that are perfectly you know don't necessarily want to get into like all the vocabulary and look at it all one by one here but just like generally speaking perfectly fine a lot of biblical language certainly a lot of logical you know whatever fine attaching that language to something like that um i think has the downside of and I mean, I mean, you know, to to interrupt myself briefly, it's no secret if you listen to this podcast where we fall compared to an organization like Bethel. I mean, go, we had a certain episode in uh, October, a certain month, which uh, we did mention the movement uh, that Bethel comes out of. So, so you know, clearly that's not our 
<laughs> sort of tradition or perspective. So, so like for me, it's like seeing things like that. I, I have reservations and concerns that then I, then I sort of inadvertently I'm associating with some kind of, I want to use this word lightly, but ecstatic, um, spiritual experience that results in spiritual renewal, revival, right? Like think, like think about the, just what the word revival means, like, you know, coming back to life when, when, when a, if a company is going out of business and then they get a big, you know, that big comeback, we consider that a revival, right? Or like a movie franchise, like is dying out in popularity and then it gets a reboot and it, it's, the popularity is revived or somebody gets CPR and they're revived, right? Like, so coming back to life from being, from being dead or, or almost dead or crippled, you know, like think like it's a good word because it really gets at what the point is or of what's being said about what's happening. And in that sense, I think it's bad to have a 24-hour internet-based quote-unquote news cycle because like it um using Asbury as as an example, a few months ago, I remember hearing about it, my friend, he we were we were we had finished uh, an evening prayer session we were doing, fellow Beesonites, and uh, and he's like, whoa, did you hear this? Students at Asbury have been worshiping in the chapel for nonstop for like 50 hours or something like that. That was the first I had heard of it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And he's like, man, like, so he said something about revival. And I, and I, right there, I asked him, I was like, why does, like, what does it mean that a group of people are singing worship songs and worshiping for 50 hours straight, how is that connected to a spiritual revival? Like, it's it felt very premature. It felt like giving something a label that ultimately isn't something that I have any way of knowing how it should be categorized yet. And it was like an interesting, like that kind of colored my perception of the conversation around the Asbury Revival, because then like other campuses started having big impromptu kind of spontaneous gatherings of Christian students worshiping, including Samford's campus where Beeson Divinity School is located for, for like two or three days. They had, they had same, same thing. Like it was two or three days nonstop, not just, but, but it was all student just spontaneously students wanting to get together to, to worship, to pray, to confess sins, to, to pray with each other, for each other. I didn't go, um, but then there was a there was an email from a faculty member at the school, and it's it was like given to us, like sent to all the students, and it was or it was a Beeson faculty, so all the Beeson all the Beeson students, and it was like, you know, this is happening. As many of you have heard, you know, let us pray for the work of the Spirit. Blah 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 blah. Many of you might be asking, is this real? And I had such a weird, like, indignant response to that, where I'm like, nobody's asking is this real? Like, what do you mean? Is this real? There are students over there singing and praying. We, we, we could go there right now if you wanted to. It's like, what do you, what, what kind of a question is that? And what I was getting at is like, I don't, I don't understand where it's like, like, are, are we saying something? I'll, I'll finally get to my point. When something like this happens, Asbury or what was going on with Sanford students or Azusa Street or something else, like like very an, an acute sort of you you can point to it like it's a gathering that's happening that is 
you know, going on and is is surrounding some kind of worship uh, prayer setting, right? Like, do you, like, like, if you're not there, it's not that you can't have an opinion or you can't make judgments on what people are saying. Like you're saying, like, you listen to people and that, that, Based on that, you're gathering information from people who were there because you just happened to not be there. Um, and it's like, it's like, why would I assume that I could somehow plumb the mind of God, let alone these other students who are at a campus hundreds of miles away from me that I've never seen, <laughs> that I've never interacted with, that I've never been to. And it's like, I have no interest in analyzing and judging as good or bad, real or fake, legitimate or illegitimate, a prayer and worship gathering of a bunch of college students in Kentucky or Louisiana, Kentucky. That's where Asbury. Um, and it's like, to me, it's, it's kind of like this wouldn't, this couldn't have happened in 1901. Like there, we, we taught in our Azusa street episode, we talked about like news coverage, um, like newspapers and journalists going and stuff. And so you see like sort of a slow motion version of what's happening on Christian social media with Asbury as it's going on. But then think about like in Jonathan Edwards day, like the people in, you know, Georgia aren't staying abreast hour by hour, minute by minute of what's going on in Northampton, Massachusetts. They couldn't, even if they cared, <laughs> they couldn't f find that out the with the speed and the way that we sitting in Birmingham, Alabama, or Wisconsin, or Washington, or across the world, could be having, not just finding out about it, but having real-time conversations, judging as good or bad, as real or fake, whatever was happening. And to me, that was what really, like, made my spidey senses tingle of, like, this is weird. This is a weird response for Christians, regardless of tradition or denomination or theological, you know, camp, with respect to something like Azusa Street or um, Asbury, you know, as a, as a Wesleyan school, people who are not Wesleyans might be more inclined to be hesitant or, or people who are, who are not from revivalist traditions might be more inclined to look at a revival as of any kind as inherently suspicious or, you know, not great or, or something like that. And it's like, I, I, I'm, I'm skeptical uh, like I, I, you know, I, I hear a bunch of social media stuff about Asbury and I'm immediately skeptical because I'm like, why are we even talking about this in this way? Not that we shouldn't talk about it or can't talk about it, but like, we're very quick to think we understand a situation that hasn't even happened yet. Right. It's like, as it's going on, people are like, oh, well, you know, if this happens, then I'm going to be able to say this was a real outpouring of the spirit. But if this doesn't, then I'm, you know, and all that's happening sort of from the armchair miles and miles away without being actually involved when I'm like, well, or there's a bunch of college students who for the last several days have been singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, praying together. I believe, you know, confessing sins, repenting, praying with each other, praying for each other. Man, I hope and pray that there are faithful p pastors in the area to provide shepherding and oversight to people who are encountering, you know, their sin and God's forgiveness and uh, holiness and whatever else it might be. Um, let's pray for that. Or if you're in 
if you're in the area and you're a pastor, I'm going to go do that, right? I'm going to go there and look for people who are needing support and guidance spiritually, like sort of after the fact of some acute experience. And it's like that to me, I didn't hear a lot of that. I'm not on social media. Like I'm hearing all of this, you know, after the fact. So, so I'm not saying there aren't people who did that in the area at at all times, but I'm more just like, man, I wish we didn't have the internet. (laughs) Like, or, or I wish that people just hadn't heard about this somehow and ignored it. Um, so that's a little bit like, I didn't get to share my Asbury thoughts because I was out of town. So that, that's a little bit like more Asbury specific as sort of like the most recent, like internet, uh, you know, internet focused, like, like the internet was focused on as this was happening, kind of, you know, quote unquote revival and less about revival in general. But, but, but there's the principle there of like, well, if we look at what's going on in these spontaneous movements of people where, Great Awakening and in, in, in Jonathan Edwards' time, for example, and we read his accounts or um, reading accounts of even, even something like Azusa Street, which I would I would have questions about theologically, like we've talked about before, or something as as contemporary and recent as as you know a college a group of college students having an experience on campus together in, in prayer and worship, like. Like my, my thought is like, well, I mean, like what's going on? People are praying, people are reading the Bible, people are confessing sins, they're singing. I'm like, I do that every Sunday. <laughs> like, like I, I, I should be doing that every day. I hope I do. Like, this is pretty great. Like, and it doesn't need to be more or less than that, you know? Particularly for me as a complete outsider. I'm not in the community and I'm not in the area connected with the church where I could go help help provide pastoral care to people who need it right and 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 so it's kind of like an interesting thing to me that we are interested in evaluating something where there's it seems a little bit above our pay grade (laughs) even if we're there but let alone not there to via the internet evaluate something as the movement of the spirit of god or not i don't know and maybe I'm being a little cynical and harsh and just, you know, virtue signaling, but I don't know. It seems it seems a little bit like like that is for me something I've been thinking about since February. Like shouldn't, you know, sh- I I feel like that should be my posture if I hear about a group of people doing worshipful things in a, you know, Christian, either church or school setting, like, why would I want to see that fail or, like, hold out any kind of approval until I see certain, like, works being done as a result to to legitimize it? And I don't know if that makes any sense or if I'm just being persnickety, but that's sort of, like, something, like, the things that have been rolling around in my head for a while. Sure. That that's sort of sort of that. Yeah. Well, I think what our social media world leads us to, and this isn't this isn't like th- this is just human world. I think this has been true of 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 all people in all times and places. Social media just makes it more apparent. Is we like to sensationalize things. Um, 
I mean, media has existed in various forms for hundreds of years, whether it was, you know, newspaper, town crier, whatever it was, like, we like to sensationalize the things that are happening in the world. And so when we see something like this, that feels like it's out of the ordinary, it looks different, it sounds different, it smells different. And so we we want to sensationalize that. We want to make it something more, something greater, even if it's just, I mean, and this is, again, the pessimistic side of me, even if it's not quote-unquote real, and it's just like purely to generate uh, interest and intrigue, or there's something actually ha- something that's actually happening, and we want to capitalize on that. Both both sides of that could be like my pessimistic like my pessimistic outlook on things like this. Um, however, like when I think about the the actual happenings, like you said, in the case of Asbury, it's prayer, it's confessing, it's singing. These things that are all pretty normal, or should be normal in the Christian life, but they happened for so long in one place continually that that is what became intriguing. Why is this continuing to happen? Why haven't they left? Why is this continuing? And so that's when we begin to sensationalize. Um, and I think we forget that like one, yes, God still works in the world. It's it's his creation. He lives and acts. Um, his spirit moves people to repentance, to um, forgiveness, to all these things that we've talked about for three years now. Um, but again, we, we sensationalize it, we make it something, or maybe we want it to be something even greater, as if, as if, as if what that, I mean, those things like repentance, prayer, singing, as if those things already have become bland or mundane so that we have to sensationalize them. I don't, like, that's the thing that yeah. gets me. That's an interesting, like, that it, I, the way you, the way you, you express that makes me think sort of like, Think, think this. Think about the thoughts that I've had from from the other direction, so to speak. Like, like I'm thinking of people sitting back and being like, "Well, it's just a bunch of kids being carried away by you know emotional contemporary Christian music, and this is just some kind of empty emotional experience that might be." really positive and fun but doesn't mean anything on its on its own for with any spiritual significance but but then the flip side of that being people equally distant and disconnected and 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 only informed as outsiders being like oh my gosh this is the beginning of something new this this is like unprecedented and the whole world is about to change because god is finally you know showing up and doing a work that we we've been praying for 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 these kids or this this campus or this state or whatever and and this is what we want you know that God's kingdom is going to go out because of this event because without it there's there's no hope for the king you know like like there's like there's sort of like you could you could imagine like two like very extreme versions <laughs> of like loving it or hating it but but both of them being like. I'm an outsider hearing hearing tell of this thing that's going on and I'm sort of choosing to make a a conclusion about it based on video clips or tweets that I see through my social media and not like praying for the people involved or joining in with the good, you know, practices happening if, if you're in the area you know like you could you could fill in the blank with like more sort of 
per, like concrete in like responses versus what we tend to do, which is pull out our phones and scream into the void at each other of look at what God's doing or look at this, you know, satanic trick meant to distract us from real discipleship or something. And it's like, I suspect probably, probably 100% of the time going all the way to one extreme or the other is probably not correct. (laughs) Um, Just because we live in a, in a messy world where, Mm. There's, there's always going to be good and bad and, and stuff. So I didn't mean to cut you off, but it no. is interesting to think, like, I'm thinking of sort of the more, you know, stuffy, like, um, intellectual kind of faith side of it, of judging it this as, as you know, nothing but emotions and therefore bad versus, you know, the, the more, the more l- lowercase c charismatic type of faith of immediately grasping on to quote unquote out of the ordinary experiences as like sure signs of God's work. Like you said, as if God's not at work when somebody is praying or reading scripture normally. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's really, that's really interesting to think about. Yeah. I mean the, it's funny, like familiarity with things just sort of, birds like boredom almost like we 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 do something for so long it becomes so commonplace but like like i said like like prayer reading singing those things that like are just parts of the christian life like they just become the, a, a, another thing but like in in actuality they 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 are powerful they do good works in the world um but what i find i think the most interesting about anything like this like people pray for revival all the time. I'm sure you can go to any church on any Sunday, stand in the back and listen. And somewhere someone's going to say something like, Lord, we pray that you'd, you know, pour out your spirit, that you'd move in this church or move in this city or move in this country, whatever it is. Like there's this language of like God working, moving, acting. And then when stuff happens, we're like, Oh, it's not real. It's, it's like not, it's, it's manufactured. It's not genuine. And I, and I, I'm not saying that everything that happens every single time is always like an easy to categorize like this is this thing happening. But again, that's I think another problem with humans is we want to always categorize everything so systematically. Um, We've systematized our theology right down to the little like tiny little bits about it where we've almost lost the mystery. We've lost the intrigue. We've lost the, uh, the grandeur of like a creator of the cosmos working in ways that are like contrary to how we think or expect. And that's just been the case. I think you can just read scripture like over and over again, like God doing things in ways that like the people would not have anticipated or expected, you know, like sending his son to die instead of like take over the country and like rule Israel um, as like a, you know, physical ruler or something like there's, you can time and time again, you can read through scripture and see how, the expected does not happen, and the unexpected is what is, like, the powerful movement, so to speak. Um, and so that's always just, like, you know, I started this episode by saying I'm always hesitant, I'm always cautious. But on the other side, that's, like, you just don't know. Like, you, you man, you woman, you human being living wherever you are, like, you are so finite and so... Um, and this is not a dig, but you have no control 
over most things. I've said this before, I say it all the time. You can't drive to the grocery store and plan everything that's going to happen. You don't know the other cars, the other people, the animals, the like anything that could happen. Just driving, I live five minutes from where I get my groceries. I can't get there and plan everything that's going to happen. And then when I get to the store, who's to say they're going to have everything that I want or that I'm not going to, you know, run into somebody that I haven't seen in 10 years? Like, our lives are so unpredictable. As much as we like to think we have control or that we've planned everything down to this little T, like our life is this mist, this vapor that is like here today, gone tomorrow. The Again, the creator of the cosmos works in ways in which we don't always expect or foresee. So who are we? Oh man, oh human, who are we to like even think that we have the, the ability uh, to critique or question these things? Because in the end, doesn't matter if this was manufactured or if it was genuine in the end it seems like people will be changed people will be transformed people encountered the living god and is that not what matters why do we have to like categorize everything like i literally looked up um christian revival and there's like a whole wikipedia entry and it goes like starting in i don't know like 14 15 1600s there's bits about the great awakenings there's bits about like uh uh, the Azusa Street Revival, and then it gets to the 21st century, and one of the first entries is uh, 2023 Asbury Revival. So like we've we've gotten to a point where at least in you know the all-seeing eye of Wikipedia, uh, whoever created these entries, that like we've 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 considered this to be one of those great revivals, um, like the ones that we've discussed, um, and so in that sense, it was real in the sense that like we made it real. In just the other ways that the Great Awakening and Azusa Street were made, re- quote-unquote, real. Like, like to your point, Lucas, of course it's real. These are people in a place, in a time, doing something. And I think that what we're getting at, is the, maybe the heart of what people mean when they say, is this real? Is, is this really the Spirit? Is this really God working? And it's like, yes, because God works in all places, in all times, in all things. Like, literally, even the worst things of your life are in some weird roundabout way like used for good like we see that in scripture even you know think of joseph being sold um you know his uh, his brothers like throw him in a pit he gets sold he, he like goes into prison all these things you know you know the whole story of joseph like in in israel or uh, in egypt like his whole thing was what you intended for evil god intended for good and that's not to say that like revel in your suffering that's not to say try to have all these bad things happen so that good can come of it that's not the point but even in the bad or the good or whatever it is of course god is working so yes it's real that's like at the end of the day like that's what that's where like i land on this thing is like i I don't know I, i read this article and it was what revivals can teach us and there are like four possible lessons from asbury this is on um, Christianity Today. I can't find the author's name because I'm way at the bottom of this thing. But he says one, so this is one of the lessons. Reject the cult and culture of celebrity revivalists. So like that's one thing that like there are people that like do make this their almost like their job where they were like to Lucas's point earlier, we can point to like, oh, we're having a Wednesday night revival and this revivalist preacher is going to be speaking. Again, that's not to say that God can't work in those situations. But we like to sensationalize to the point where it's like a person's job to go out and have these revivals. So like 
that's one thing we can do when we think about revivals is like reject the cult of like celebrity, which is something we've talked about before. Um, rethink the relationship between spiritual life and digital media. That's a big one that I think like we could touch on in a number of different ways. Like our social media world, think of all these things with like AI and all these different uh, advancements that seem to be happening at the speed of light. Like, man, maybe we should rethink uh, some of this in light of, you know, Christian living. Um, Some of these other get a little bit hairy as it, you know, especially pertains to Asbury, but like reconciling Calvinist and Wesleyan Arminian approaches to revival, because there is a stark contrast. Like a lot of the, you know, you're like, you mentioned the like suit and tie buttoned up, like, a lot of Calvinists are just very weary of like things that happen in revivalistic senses. They're like, oh, that can't be real because, you know, God only works in these ways or whatever. Like I get I get the difference like between Calvinists and Arminians and all that. But, you know, how can we reconcile some of the approaches and have a more centered, you know, not not on the outsides or the extremes of those two, but how can we have like a middle of the road view of revival? Um, and then this last one, I think is almost entirely particular to like this person who wrote this, but bridging Pentecostal type revivals and anti-Pentecostal critics. So he writes as a person from Pentecostalism. And he even mentions in here that like, as a charismatic, I see a special lesson for my fellow Pentecostals and charismatics. Some parts of the spirit filled movement today have drifted from such basics as the Bible salvation of the lost, repentance, obedience. Um, so he goes on to say, today it is no longer just the anti, anti-Pentecostals who are limiting the spirit. When charismatics treat sp- spectacular experiences or the 1 Corinthians 12 list of charismatic gifts as the only supernatural phenomena, then it omits a great deal. But scripture teaches that Christ is the convictor, the converter, the comforter, the sanctifier, the spirit of truth, the healer, the gift giver. Um, But I think that point is like really insightful that like both charismatics and non-charismatics, they have this like they're they're guilty of limiting the spirit. The the non-charismatics are like, oh, the spirit doesn't work anymore. Or well, in the same way, you know, doesn't pour out the same gifts that were used like they were used in a time and a place. And then there are the charismatics who are on the other side who are like, no, these are real. They're still active in the world. Um, but we can point to, you know, we've had episode. We had one of our most popular episodes, Speaking in Tongues. That's a gift that often gets, like, talked about more. Um, it seems like that's one of, like, those big ones. And to, to this author's point, speaking as a charismatic, he says, like, we do a disservice when we think about, like, those are those being the only types of spiritual happenings when praying repenting worshiping so on and so forth are also signs that god is moving and working so i don't know that's like those are my shotgun blast to the wall of like thoughts and opinions on this idea of revival i'm sure this could go on and on but suffice it to say like i think in in the end what i what i what i want to land on is like god works in the world he works in, and this is this is my cliche. God, Slow God down works there, in mysterious ways, um, <laughs> um, but I mean that truly. Like the, I've the, the longer I've lived, the more that I've like, yeah, I can't plan my life. The things that like I thought were going to happen didn't happen. Um, 
it's just like the way that the world works. And so I just like, at the end of the day, like that trust, have faith, keep the faith, like what else is there to do? But like, don't, don't over sensationalize things. Don't jump to conclusions. Like, you know, in some sense, like you have to do that. Like you, there, there are times and there's a time and a place for everything as the great Solomon said. Um, but that I think that's the that's the whole point. Like maybe think of Ecclesiastes. Like maybe that's a good place. There's a time to heal, a time to break, time to you know all those things where he lists the, a time for this, a time for that. There's a time for like, yes, I think the spirit does move in particular extraordinary ways that we don't often see or expect. But at the same time, he's working in the mundane, ordinary means of your boring life. <laughs> um, so like. Why does it have to be one or the other? It's both. It's always both. There's 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 way too much both in the world, but people people like like it to be one way or the other. Anyway, what are your thoughts? Any concluding? Oh yeah, musing. I mean, I just think like a sort of a, a theme that for me is is lurking in the background of of all the things that 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 we've both said today. Really, is just like this importance on your like the importance on real life and and. and the way that, that that cashes out in this is like, I'm not part of the Asbury community, right? Like taking the thing that happened, you know, Azusa Street, I wasn't alive, et cetera, et cetera. Like the thing that I'm aware of that happened in my life where I have consciousness of it I and I can like see it as it's happening, I'm not there, you know? I'm not there now, two, three months later where people are, I pray, being, you know, having come to faith during this, moment of uh revival now being discipled and plugged in at at um in the body at local congregations where they're being pastored by people who who love the lord and love them and i'm not there but i am here right wherever the here is even if it changes even if god takes you somewhere else like you have an actual community you have an actual church, you have an actual um, neighborhood, job, you know, fill in the blanks. Like this is a whole other, there's a whole host of other things to go down that are, that are longer conversations. But like with respect to this, like I wish my, like I wish I had the problem in my community of a bunch of people are getting together and praying and I don't know what to do about it. You know, like, that seems like a pretty good thing to deal with as a church or school or neighborhood or whatever. And, you know, pray and work for that, right? In terms of evangelism, in terms of your witness in your life, in terms of how you live out the faith, and also just in terms of, of what you pray for and hope to see. And it's like, we, we get caught up in this imaginary future, um this imaginary possible hypothetical world that may or may not come of trying to evaluate these different possibilities instead of instead of living the faith. We think about how we might be able to live the faith or how we might should live the faith if such and such situation happens, if such and such event occurs, um, if somebody in this situation presents themselves to me, what should I do, right? And and that's great, that's great. But then you have to do it, 
right? Like, you, you, you have to act. You, you don't, like, you can't live the faith hypothetically, right? You, you live your life by actually concretely existing <laughs> in space and time, which means you're, if you're not at Asbury, you're not at Asbury. But because of the communion of saints, we are bound together across time and space. And that bond, a lot like it, it strengthens us and unites us across time and space in all of our different particularities so that we can rejoice and pray and, and hope with the people leading the students at Asbury for genuine spiritual revival as we work towards revival in our own hearts, the hearts of our communities, our children, our, our co-workers, whatever it is we do, we work for others. We, we live before God and before men as those in service, as living sacrifices to God. And, 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 and just that, that local emphasis um, is really important. And, and I think change, like fights against that tendency that we've been criticizing um, so far to, you know, to, to basically d- d- rid ourselves of the responsibility to real people by analyzing events that are happening far away with people that aren't real to us. Um, just this morning, I was talking with Elaine about, um, she's reading screw tape letters as part of a Sunday school, and, and I've never read it, but I was reading parts of it with her, and and uh, we were talking about, I thought it was a C.S. Lewis quote, but I believe it's actually a Dostoevsky quote, the thing about how you can't love, like, you can't love humanity, and like, it, you, you can't love in the abstract, like you can't, if you love all people, like you, you don't actually love any person. Like if you just say, oh, I love humanity. I, I care for justice, for peace, for, you know, in the abstract. I love all of humanity. You're not, that, that's, that's, that doesn't really mean anything because you don't know all of humanity. <laughs> there, you don't know something called every person. You know Jensen, Elaine, Kira. Simon, Jared, right? Like, you know those people, love them, right? And and this is, I think, connected to that idea where pray and work and live a life of revival, a life of being spiritually formed and shaped by the Spirit working in you, where you... And that, that is a concrete, actually existing reality, Um not that Asbury doesn't actually exist, but it doesn't actually exist in my sphere of of my the way I interact with the world because that's not where I'm at, you know. And and so I I, I don't know a local emphasis and and commitment to your community to real communal living with the in and with the body of Christ is a local thing, not because there's no universal church, but because. We are particular individuals who live at one particular time and space at any given moment. So I think that that I think that that's something that I'm thinking a lot about as a result of these kinds of conversations over the last couple months. And so that's kind of where I want to end it and, and kind of leave that open to how you know to criticism, to response, to all that kind of stuff from from emails or 
or you, Jensen, if you have you know objections or whatever. But but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where my where my brain goes with all this is just to reflect on that. Like, what yeah. does this mean for me? Well, the individual experiences of Asbury students don't have a direct bearing on me, but to reflect on that ought to, I think, cause me to reflect on the work of the Spirit in my community. And thus doing a work, possibly, like, right, in a sense. Right. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I yeah, definitely. So that, that, that's where I'll land as well. Um, and I'll give cool. you the last word, or, or, or we, can, we can wrap it up there if, if you want. No. Um, I have no final words on that. Um, so perhaps with, with nothing else to say on the topic of revival, we'll sort of transition briefly into... Yeah. Uh, the couple of updates that we had, as I'm sure if you follow the podcast, you know, week in, week out, you've seen that over the last couple of weeks, there's been a number of re-uploads, you know, we titled those Revisited. I, I started doing that as sort of like, you know, our podcast is this journey on this road. And so when we come back to like an episode that's been re-uploaded, like we're revisiting that place in the journey. Um, we only uploaded one new episode in all of April. Um, three of them were re-uploads. So the update... We have a we have a, a graduate. We have we have a, a master among us. Although he already had a master's degree, but now he has the uh, the title of divinity behind it. So, on the one hand, congratulations to Lucas on completing your coursework and doing all the things. It's crazy. Like this podcast has been like in the mix during most of your time at Beeson, um, if not, not all, all of it, it actually. Yeah, we, I was we say. started it. We started it February 2020, as we've touched on before and yeah. and it was um i started in august the end of august 2020 man my my, <laughs> my entire m my entire mdiv has been encompassed within this podcast not like that this podcast had anything to do with that no like with the pro but just that that as far as time goes this podcast is longer by by months than and that's crazy my, my that's crazy <laughs> Well, again, congrats. Like, that's super well, exciting. You. I'm excited thank to see what, what comes next. And that's sort of what you have to say. So why don't we, like, yeah. since it's your stuff for the most part, like, let the people know why we're going to sort of continue to be re-releasing episodes for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so at the last requirement I have for the program is is a, it, basically, I just I have to go on a short-term mission trip. I'm going to be spending the first half of May. So by the time this releases, I'll actually already be in Quito, Ecuador. Um, but we're going to be me and a, and a group of from Beeson. We're going as as fulfillment of this requirement on a two week uh, trip to Ecuador for mission stuff with with a with an organ a, a ministry that's that's based there. And and um, because of that, I, I will be unable to record so for the entire first half of May. And we haven't been able to bank up. A backlog because as I've been wrapping up classes and requirements and church internship and all these things, it's just been such a crazy. I mean, the last three years have been crazy with the schedule, but but this last semester, it it just just on my end, and that doesn't even include the craziness of having a full time um, job that Jensen's experiencing as well. Um, the schedule has just been such that we haven't been able to record, I mean, hence only one new episode for a whole month. So unfortunately that trend will continue. Like the, the unfortunate thing is just that we don't get to do new episodes, but um, 
the fortunate thing is that change, you know, ch life changes and transitions are coming, which makes things complicated until they're done and then kind of settle into a new routine. So I'll be gone for the next couple weeks to complete the last box I need to check for the degree. And then um, shortly thereafter, two weeks after that, I will be moving from Birmingham, Alabama to Lynchburg, Virginia, where I will be in the fall beginning a position teaching theology at a Christian school there, um, which I'm very excited about and I'm sure is going to sh radically shape the way I think in terms and will, it, things will come out on this podcast and stuff. And, and we can talk more about that. Just Christian education, formation of, of, of um, the Christian mind, especially as kids, you know, and, and I'll be teaching high schoolers. So we'll probably I'll be, I'll be curious to gain some of your wisdom with dealing with high schoolers from your youth ministry days um but anyway um so what that what that also means is even though i'm back for the second half of may i'm also going to be hectically packing everything up and then moving so once june rolls around i'm going to be more settled and i'm going to have a lot more time because i won't be juggling working and church and school because I'll be done with my Starbucks job. I'll be done with my degree. I'll be done with all of that. So I will have a more uh, manageable schedule. Um, but because of the way things go, I will be gone the first half of May. But I'm not sure if we will end up recording much the second half because you are also very busy. <laughs> um, so... Uh, we are going to be at least somewhat MIA as far as new content goes for May, like most of May into the very beginning of June. And then come, come like June-ish, we don't know a specific date. We'll see, you know, Lord willing, we will be able to come back together in the first or second week of June and sort of roll into summer proper with a consistent schedule that we're both able to to have time to record without being traveling and busy and responsible for other things and whatnot. So we're looking forward to that. We've got um, a lot of stuff planned as even though we've been less able to record, we have we have been um, discussing a lot about what we want to do as far as specific episodes and ideas to do um, both in terms of topics, in terms of guests, in terms of um, not really book reviews, but like like episodes we've done in the past where, where um, we do an interview or an episode based on a book that we've read, um, theme months and all that kind of stuff. And, and um, we should be back to where we used to be at the, around the beginning of this semester and last semester. Um, starting in June. So who knows what the future holds, but that's the plan. That's the expectation is basically a hectic May where both of us are kind of occupied with other things that life demands of us, followed by sort of a renewed, a renewed consistency <laughs> um, come June as far as the schedule goes. Yeah. So that's sort of to set expectations just because we don't, you know, we had a big month despite not uploading much, so we're going to continue to upload episodes, to revisit episodes that we've done before, 
so that there's something to listen to. Um, but if you're if you've been around and you've heard them all, we haven't given up. We're just busy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, the last thing I'll say, I I will try. I will say as much as we've just said that there it'll likely be reuploads. There might be a solo. There might be, you know, like a couple months ago, I interviewed a coworker. There might be stuff like that. It just depends what we can work out, figure out in the in the busyness of life. But but yeah, um, without any further ado, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode or any episode of our little podcast. Um, it's hard to believe that it's been over three years that, you know, it encompasses the entire time and more that Lucas was doing a Masters of Divinity program. Um, never really thought we'd be over 250 episodes, you know, with thousands and thousands of downloads and interactions and all that. So thank you. Um, if you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at Doxology Podcast. Um, you can send us an email at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. Send us your questions. Send us your episode ideas. Um, you know, send us a little congratulations message to Lucas, um, whatever it might be. <clears throat> Excuse me. But at the end of the day, we'd love to hear from you. And until next time, whenever the heck that'll be, we hope you're doing well and peace. See you.